every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I've known Johnny since uh, 1997 when he first came to Australia. And over the years, we've uh, been part of so many initiatives together. He's a friend. Uh, he's a brother. He's uh, uh, a visionary and someone who has worked and done the ministry and still uh, is doing it and believes in great things ahead. Somebody who inspires me, somebody who has cheered me on, and somebody who has a, a passion to, to see others being built up, both together with his wife. They've been ministering and helping so many people. And tonight here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under, it is my absolute privilege to have Johnny on Afraid. Johnny, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah. Pleasure. You're always smiling, which is always good. Praise always God. encouraging us. Amen. Do you take that from your dad? Your dad smiles a lot, doesn't he? Have you met my dad? I have, many <laughs> Obviously. times. Obviously. A lot of the DNA, I always ask him because I... Uh, he gave me a lot of like uh, hereditary uh, high blood pressure and blood uh, and cholesterol. And <laughs> I asked him, I asked him, you didn't have anything better to Any give me? <laughs> so he said, no, I gave you the best I had, you know, so <laughs> the, very best of of me. <laughs> the very best of me. Exactly. It's so, all in the blood. Yeah. So I, so I, what I did you hear it from your mom? So the good looks. <laughs> 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 and uh, yes, my mom is always such a driven woman. Yeah. So she's a very uh, steadfast person as well. Yeah. A woman of principle of all stands on her word, you know, so a lot of good things from her as well. So, but my dad is always the life of the party, you know, always smiling, always brings a lot of joy. So Wonderful. that's good. That's yes. you. <laughs> you got the best. This is best of You don't have brothers and sisters. I do have oh, a sister. Do? Yeah, she lives in Switzerland. Yeah, I never met her. I don't think so. Is she a lot older than you? Or? She is three years older than me. Okay, yeah, about three years older than me, yes. And she married in Switzerland? Yeah, she, yeah she's married uh, and works in Switzerland, in Geneva, but she lives outside of Geneva in France. Okay, yes. over the border. Yes, exactly. Well, you're either in Italy or in France or in Geneva. <laughs> you don't <laughs> even know matter. when you, when you like go into a different country. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you grew up in Romania? I grew in up Jebel. in Jebel. Born there or born in Timisoara? Born in Timisoara, yes. So, yeah. So, as you know that place yourself, you yeah. Know, or you visited once or twice in the uh, early eighties, and uh, no, late seventies, late seventies. Uh, like you know, when they had a big earthquake yes. in the seventy-seven. Yeah. So that's why I said to them, "That's that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's where it comes from." You know, <laughs> the world shook. Exactly, so exactly. Deep, yeah. So I think I was about three uh, three months old when that earth earthquake happened. My mom was telling me about stories, you know, about uh, being with me in her arms, you know, like beating me. And then, as you remember, there were a lot so of So even where you were? Yes, yes, it was felt like six or seven hundred kilometers away from Bucharest. Yes, wow. so we're about six hundred kilometers from the capital. Yes, mm. so. West. Yes. Um, what's your early memory of childhood? Well, Jebel, <laughs> I have no idea. I think fourth. Three and a half, four. I do. Re I do uh, remember, obviously, living in a village, and my grandfather had a pig farm. You know, during yeah. communism, so yeah. he had like three hundred pigs. Oh. That was unheard of because you were not allowed to have any small businesses. Yeah. But somehow. Cooperatives. Yeah. Somehow he knew the way around it, and he managed to um, to have that. So. This I from just your walk, mom's side. My mom's side. Yes. Yeah. So I woke up in a, in the middle of a farm. <laughs> so it's around so you grew up on a farm. Well, it's, you can call it a farm, you know, because yeah. I my parents didn't uh, they didn't live together with my grandfather, but they did uh, live not far away. So we were always on their property. You know. So you ate pork. <laughs> Lots of it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the cholesterol now. There you go. to blame it on your dad. <laughs> you grew up yeah, with yes, hundred percent. No, no cows, no milk. Yeah, we did have the the works, you know. Like yeah. you go and take Chicken. it di directly from the source, you know. Yeah. Early morning. <laughs> Early morning, exactly. You know where to go and get it. Yeah, so a lot of chickens, a lot of everything, you know. Like uh, we even had goats, ducks, all sorts, you know. Like 
The Big land fun. is very good there where you, yes, you grow up. Yes, it's very rich. Everything yes. grows really Correct, well. yes. School, uh, primary school, do you remember? Primary school, 100%. I do remember. I do remember pretty much from uh, pretty much everything because yeah. it was a very uh, impactful kind of uh, um, primary school because it was it under, under the communism. Yeah. So we, the school over there was kind of uh, left a big, um, how say, um, impression on me as well, you know, yeah. like, uh, um, and then uh, just uh, the way us being Christians, living in a, under communism, you know, like always being dragged in front of the class, making, make, mocked. mocked, exactly. And uh, it happened that my teacher, primary teacher, you know, like how you have the same teacher from year yeah. one to year, year four, four. Yeah. exactly, he, uh, he happened to be a security, uh, secret service agent. Oh. And uh, because my mom one was one of the only few intellectuals in the village to have um, to have like uh, a position in like in a in a teaching kind of department, you know. Your uh, mom was a teacher. Yeah, correct. Yes, she was like a, a kindergarten kind of a teacher. Yeah. You know, because of that, they always interrogating us. You know, interrogated us. So they, I, I remember. Can't remember exactly year one, two, or three being pulled aside and being interrogated by the teacher. What's happening? Why they talk at home? They want anybody wants to leave the country. Is your mom going to church? Your parents going to church? Are you going to church? I was well taught to say no, no, no. So everything <laughs> was no. Everything was no. They asked me, "Did you eat anything this morning?" No. Did you eat pork this morning? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that's yeah, why so. I do remember. I do remember. I do have memories, kind of vivid memories of yeah. the early school years. You know. But they made you street smart, didn't they? Hundred percent. You know, you need to know your way around it. You know, like you need to know a lot of things and be wise in what you say from an early age, which is uh, very kind of daunting. Now looking back, yeah. I wouldn't like my son to live like to be brought up like that. But then again, but then again, why would I want to? Uh, how to say? Uh, uh, how to save him from the very thing that kind of made me in yeah. a way? But it's, uh, we needed so, that. Yeah. Um, and you went to church regularly on a Sunday? Yes, 100%. We were very church-like. Both mom and dad? Mom and dad, yes. We so were. They, were, they were Christians? They were Christian. We grew up in a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. I think my, um, uh, from, that's uh, obviously my early memories are in, in that church in Jebel. That's yeah. where I was, you know, uh, raised in these, yeah. uh, you know, like school, uh, Sunday school. Lots of kids? Lots of kids. The church wasn't uh, like the Pentecostal one in the village where, you know, a lot bigger, a lot bigger families, but ours were like, you know, like the church was around 150. Still? 100 to 150. Lots of children. Quite a few. And a lot of us were like cousins, you know, there yeah. were uh, the odd ones. They were not cousins, but the big family, we were all like cousins from my mom's side or from, you know, and everyone is related, you know, how we call ourselves relatives, even if we go to like fourth or fifth. Doesn't of, matter, we're still relatives. Until you want to marry one of them. Exactly, then exactly. You go, oh, it's not, look, this is from here onwards, it's okay. 100%, yes, yes. So, yeah, that's. that's and high school in the same high, town? High school in the same town, yes. It was okay. still under communism. Yeah. So when uh, revolution started in 89, I was year eight. Okay. So I, I was kind of like, for on the third generation to you know like um, yeah. go after the communism fell in eighty nine you know to go to like uh, high school you know like senior high senior high yeah um, to go there like in Timisoara you know so it it stopped the year eight the junior high was the last no we had year twelve yeah, senior high. yeah had senior they, high. yeah we had year twelve over there as well but like everything it was like you know after communism fell everything was like free for all kind of a thing, you yeah. know, like everything, nobody knew what was going to happen. And uh, it just happened that they um, opened up a Baptist theological, like I was senior, senior high, yeah? yeah. So I, I was the first generation. Oh, to so you went to, to Christian school. school? Correct, yes. And daily by bus or? No, no, my parents boarding. had a, my parents had a, uh, my parents had an apartment in the city. Oh, okay, so you lived yeah, there. So I lived there with my sister and a few of my cousins, yes. Oh, nice. So yeah, it was like. it's not that far, what is it, 22? 25 kilometers. But, uh, you know, like a lot of people, when I tell them that my parents let me live with my sister in a, in a city by ourselves at, at 14, 14, at 14, everyone said, 
Yes, so, they trusted you that that much. Would you do that to your son? Oh, I don't know whether I would, you know, like but times were different, you know, yeah. like the values that we had at the time, world was very different. Yeah. Uh, there were still people on you know World, and world we were, wasn't as corrupt. We were, we were mature. I mean, we weren't mature in some in some ways. We were very mature, but with yes. other things, we were not. You know, we we were so afraid to explore things. Correct, because yes. everyone knew you. It was a, a big village. You wouldn't dare to say anything like or yeah. you know, anything anything bad. You if you didn't respect uh, respect anyone in the village, <laughs> you would know. Your parents Everybody would know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you would get a hiding yeah. definitely. So we, even from like you know, like primary school. I'm not even sure. Did you finish school over there? Yeah, Korea? I did. I did. I yeah. went to year. Um, oh, I I finished year nine in Romania. Oh, there you go. So you do have memories of yes, being in a school and oh, uh, getting lots. a hiding and oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So very vivid memories of that as well. You know, yeah. so. But I did get that transition, like when I went to year nine. You know, like um, so I went to a Christian school. So it was something Good. like very you know, uncommon, you know, yeah. unexplored pretty much territory for a lot of uh, kids as well, you know, yes. to all of a sudden from communism to be uh, with biblical teaching, with biblical with teaching, people exactly. Because like I said, I do have memories of the secret service coming, bursting into the congregation and stopping the service and everyone was trying to hide under the benches, you know, not to be seen by the cops or by the teachers or by whatever, because they would drag you to the police station and yeah. we do have incidents like that you know uh, mm. in, in the village it did happen you know, yeah so I, it I'll, happened I'd still well. personally I, I do have memories of that you know so but it's interesting because I was never afraid for me it was a thrill it was a bit of an adventure because I knew they couldn't do anything to us well in a way yes but I, I think as kids you know like we just didn't want to be exposed up I know it was more of a shame I think Pretty much, but, I would uh, say. It was a thrill. It was exciting as well at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember going with the uh, kids, you know, like uh, kids from the Sunday school to a mission. And uh, this guy just uh, loaded us in like a, a big truck, you yeah. know, like we're like. like 20 yeah, tw I'm probably Whoa. 30 of us, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like one of those ones where you carry things with, you know. And then yeah. uh, the next thing we know, doors open and the cops are dragging us out one by one, you know, and like taking us to the police station. And I think those memories kind of leave an, uh, uh, you know, like an impression on in your life, like a strong, yeah. like, kind of, you know, <laughs> so I do have memories of that. And then all of a sudden I go to year nine and it's an unexplored freedom. freedom. Yeah. Yes. All of a sudden the Baptists or the, all the evangelicals, Pentecostals, they Just have activity. their own schools and you're like free to express, free to do. Yeah. you know whatever and you're in a in a city now oh there's, yes there's uh, abundance of things as long as you had money there was things coming from everywhere 100 percent. yes you know like life was pretty good life what <laughs> life was starting to become a bliss you know democracy you know yeah. we were having a taste of democracy i remember the first can of <laughs> pepsi oh, i pepsi. got myself you know i paid 60 Romanian lay, you know, at the time. My goodness, there was a lot of it. I think it was the longest lasting can of Pepsi I ever drank. <laughs> it's like 60 bucks here. Yeah. <laughs> Correct, yes. So, mm. yeah, life was good. And uh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. I had very good uh, good years in the high school. It was part of, I, I encountered a lot of people of God. They kind yeah. of left an, imp uh, I say, an impression, a mark. a mark, yeah, on my life as well. I was never a, someone to chase after God. That's one one thing, you know. I did, <laughs> I did have other friends. They were always, you know, going pursuing for God, God, pursuing God. At the age of 14, I uh, became a Christian. I, I gave my life to God, like got baptized pretty much. But I made a pact with God, you know. I said, if you help me get into this school, you know, the senior high, because, you know, you had to sit an exam, you would have just go straight into it. Okay. I was afraid I was going to get a hiding if I didn't get it. So you had to prepare yourself, you know, throughout the whole year eight, you know. and. Um, have an you know, exam at the end of it, you know, yeah. to, to be admitted into the senior high. I was very afraid. I said, if I'm not passing this, you know, I'll make uh, my parents, you know, uh, upset. And uh, I know what I knew what I was going to get because <laughs> they told me that you have to study and you have to study. And I wasn't the kind of guy to really like studying. And uh, I made a pact, a pact with God. I said, if you help me uh, pass this exam, I'll get baptized. I kind of knew that I. 
I believed God existed. Yeah. I believe that, you know, he sent his son to die for us. Yeah. I believe that, you know, the, whatever the Bible said, everything was true. I really did believe that, yeah. but it, I never had an encounter, personal encounter with God. So at the age of 14, I made that kind of... Um, you got baptized? Yeah, I got I met the pack in, in your God. town? Yeah, in, 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 in Jebel. So by the time you went to the city for senior high, you were baptized? Yes, I was already baptized at 14, you know. So, well, it was kind of a funny, you know, like this. Uh, I remember we didn't have any, like, preparation for baptism, like yeah. whatever, because we, we had a pastor that used to come whenever there was a baptism from Boksha, if you remember the, the town. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so he used to come. He was, we were under their kind of administration, administrative, yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. duties. So he used to come and uh, whenever there was a baptism, and you know, they were officiate yeah. that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, or, uh, they were asking us, oh, so all the people, because there were a lot of people, uh, all the people that really had an encounter with God and, you know. Testimonies. Testimonies and everything. Sitting there on the, on, on the chair and I'm thinking, what am I going to say? And they, the guy was asking. My turn is coming. Yeah, my turn is coming. So the guy was asking me, do you read the Bible every day? Do you pray? No. I wasn't doing that, but I. I couldn't say no to him because I thought, he ain't going to baptize me now. You know, like, I'm all dressed in white and what's going to happen if I say no, you know? So, uh, yeah, but didn't, you know, like it was one of those things that I, I knew I had to do. Yeah. So now. There's more obedience than anything. Well, it was a pact with God. He helped me, yeah. you know, you had to do cross it. over. So I said, okay, now I have to keep my word because I always knew, you know, you have to, uh, you know, like honor the promises you make to God, you know, so. Yeah, and in, uh, so that was my kind of baptism side of it. Even though, like I said to you, I did have all the fundamentals of uh, being a Christian and what the Bible said. You know. But you would have experienced many renewals since. Well, uh, I had my proper encounter with God when I was 19. Like, like a real encounter with God, that's when my life kind of changed. But th until then, like I said to you, I was in senior high and my, um, my life was... I was impacted by a lot of people, yeah. like people that show different aspects of God, you know, like because we used to have uh, pastors, you know, they used to teach us, you yeah. know, like certain uh, biblical, uh, biblical subjects, you know, yeah. even, um, you know, some of them, they were like uh, uh, themselves, they were teachers, like maths teachers, as well as pastors, and yes. they used to come and, you know, teach in school as well. Yes. So. We were kind of un under them, you know. So, but yeah, it had a, it was good. But I, I was never, like I said, I was never someone to chase academic. after God. Now, uh, uh, academic, I kind of was, you know, like I was always was like, especially to year eight, I was always top, you yeah. know, still top of the class because of my mom always pushed. So when I come to the city, I remember the first uh, first semester, I was top of top of this top of the school, not only yeah. of the class. Because I came with that, you know, like go, Heritage. go, 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 and then I started to taste life, you know, freedom. Pepsi. Fourteen, Pepsi, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I started to slow down a bit <laughs> and uh, going out point, a bit more. Yeah, to the playing point. more soccer. Hundred percent, you know. So the, you you learn the the ways of the city, you know, like you find friends, activities, you know, like activities. You know, don't go to school. You, have a taste Cheap. of wagging, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so all the all, all the fun, all yeah. the fun stuff, which uh, it was good. I kind of enjoyed it, but we always go went to church. You know, we always went to Numero Uno, Timishwara yeah. Youth Group. So we had a, so in the weekends, would you go home every weekend? Yes, every Friday we would go home. You know, like to Jebel. So we yes. would uh, help around the house. You know, like with the farm, with whatever. Because you know. every. Sunday when you come back or Monday you'd stock up, wouldn't you? Hundred percent. You know, <laughs> you know how it was. You know, like you <laughs> you take country. enough for the week. You know, yeah. so we also had you know never had a, anything lacking yeah. in in Romania. My my parents were like we were very looked after. I yeah. never lacked a thing. You know, praise like God. praise God. Yeah, we were very blessed from the financial side of views. You know, we were all, all, always in abundance. You know, so so when you finished year twelve. What were you going to so do? when I finished year twelve, I went to see my sister in Switzerland. Oh, so that was like ninety five. So I wanted to take one year off, mm. you know, of the one year off from from like. So she, what was she doing in Switzerland? She was married already. She was already married with someone from Jebel, you know, from from our, uh, from our village. You know. And he was uh, in uh, Geneva. Yes, correct. Yes, yeah. so they moved there. 
I can't remember exactly what year, I think 93 or 94, somewhere around there. So she was already there. And uh, we, I just went to visit her. So I was in Switzerland for like, I don't know, over a month. So I did a bit awesome. of work, you know, around there. So I wanted to I kind of enjoy this life. I wanted to take a year off. So here I am coming home. And I tell my parents, like I tell my mom that I think I'm going to take one year off from what? school. Two weeks. That's yeah. it. The next week I was enrolled in dental school. <laughs> you know, like, organized that's it. Off. She organized it all. That's it. You need to study. You're going for an exam. So like in there for the dental. I said, no, no, I'm not going then. But we had a, a godparent, like godfather in the, yeah. like, um, in, in the in the village, he was a dentist. He was the other kind of uh, intellectual that the secret service was referring to. That was the dentist at the hospital, at the, at the yeah. psychiatric hospital there in the, yeah. in the village. So he was always kind of we were always linked to the dental side of it. Uh, more my mom than me, you know. So yes. uh, he was always you know like looking after everyone in in, in in the village as well. So he was always telling my mom, "Well, if I ever you know." Was was to study again? I would become a dental technician, not the dentist, because he worked under the old regime, you know. So yeah. that was different than what it is now in democracy, you know. So he always kind of had an impact in my mom going, "No, nah, this is what you kind of going yeah. to go and study," yeah. you know. Like so, yeah, that's what that's how, how it happened. So was a dental technician or dental dentist? No, no dental technician. I did uh, in the college, you know, like two years uh, okay. dental school, you know, but. I don't want to jump over a subject that is very kind of important to me. Okay. Because, um, uh, like I said, I was never chasing God. Yes. Never, never chasing God. But God had his people in my life yeah. that he kind of impacted me through. Yes. And one of them was one of my, uh, the best friend of mine. You know, like he, his name is Gabriel. He's in Jankulovic. He's in America at the moment. Okay. I guess he's left, he's lived in America since 96. Okay. So he was always somebody that was chasing after God, you know. Like somebody, he was my best friend, funny enough, in in high school. And uh, he was always, whenever I wanted to do something, you know, whenever, you know, like it wasn't kind of right or whatever, he was always like that voice, you know. Henry. Come, come, let's go, let's go to have a prayer meeting. What prayer meeting? No, let's go, no. let's go. You know, like I was, you know, pushing. I was chasing for God. This guy was always chasing for God, and you could see the anointing of God on him because he actually started the Defendam Church in in Romania, in wow. the first one, you know, in Timisoara. So he had such anointing on on his life, and he learned the sign language in no time. And uh, you know, when you are set for a ministry, you, you kind just of thrive. let's see, the Lord blesses, gives you the all the required tools, you know, to fulfill that assignment. So. He was always kind of dragging me, dragging me, come, 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 let's go here, there. So I think my, my, when I started to experience God um, in, a, in a more stronger way, in a personal way, it was really, still during high school. It was like, I don't know if you remember Biserica Agape from Timisoara. Yeah. Like, uh, but back in their like, beginning stages, there were, these people were on fire for God. Yeah. Man, I used to go there. I used to love the totally. Yeah, yeah, right there, you know, yeah. where they yeah, the, the Aradului and Lipovay, yeah. the two uh, yeah, yeah, know, main arteries are <laughs> yeah. separating there. But they had, uh, I used to go there and I always used to like the worship. My goodness, it was this kind of new way of worship. And yeah. Wow, you, you, you went in there and just like, never experienced anything like it. I've been to Pentecostal church, I've been to, you know, obviously grew up yeah. in, in, in church. But that kind of worship, <laughs> wow, you know, like I, I felt like, my goodness, I, I want to be here, you know. But the yeah. moment I walked out, let's see, everything kind of washed away. But it did have an impact because he wanted me to go for more and more and more. Yeah. And I was expo exposed to that kind of worship. And I, I, that was kind of starting to leave an impact and kind of make my heart very sensitive to, to the presence of God. Yeah. So here I am, signed up in 96, already like to go, I've already finishing one semester of dental school, you know. Yeah. So I, Cut the story short. I passed the exam. I went to, you know, I started to do the dental school. I had no idea what I was studying there. It wasn't like kind of something that I really wanted to follow myself. And then uh, this friend of mine is uh, it's inviting me. Come on, let's go to. We had another friend in Kalan. So mm -hmm. we used to have like a small uh, singing group, like three or four boys worship. worship, yeah, kind of thing, you know. And uh, one girl with a guitar, and the three boys with a with their voices, you know, so I was one of them. 
and he said, oh, let's go to this friend of ours for like New Year's Eve, you know, yeah. in Kalani. Yeah. So, all right, so to spend the New Year's Eve there. And I kind of didn't really want to go, you know, like I had other plans, but this guy dragged me. I said, come, come, let's go. And there was like a, a strike, you know, a railway strike, you know, yeah. like, and the trains were not travel, travel, traveling, you know, like working at the time. And um, this guy was a man like Faith, this friend of mine, my best friend. He goes, no, let's go there. It's gonna, you know, the trains are working. I'm telling you, you know, they, they, they gonna, you know, we will be able to get there. And uh, I talked to my dad and my dad, as you know, he was a train driver, you know, yeah. by train. And he says, no, no, there's the strike there's is strike. still on. There's still, yeah. The strike is still on. But this guy goes, no, come on. I believe, I believe that the train is going to go. I said, what are you believing? You know, like, what do you believe me for? I kind of didn't really want to go. You know, I had, like I said to you, I had other plans. I said, okay, I come to you to the train station. If it is, we're going to go for the New Year's party there. If not, if not, we'll come. Be. Yeah, plan B, exactly. Yeah, plan B. I'm doing whatever I want, you know. So I kind of like we went to the uh, we went to the train station in Timisoara, yeah. Yara de Nord. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, the trains are operating, you know, like they're, <laughs> they're traveling. But we, we were only the probably the few people on, on the whole train. But it, you know, we did manage to go to to Kalan. Yeah. So we we spent uh, New Year's Eve there, you know, like uh, and we had a good time, you know, my friend's house. Narcis, I think he's, he's already in, in, in the, he's in the States at the moment as well himself. And he's married there with family. And then um, there was the appointed time. Narcis of what? No, Narcis Kira. Kira, okay. No. Uh, he was probably, you know, if you go down, if we talk after, you know, down, down the line, you would probably know, you would have met him. Because yeah. he was in Chicago for a long time and now he's moved in um, Florida. Probably, yeah. No, Florida, Arizona, where all the Romanians are. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I think that was the appointed time of God for my life, 96, yeah. um, that time. Uh, so we returned on the, on the 96, the second towards the third yeah. of, of January. You know, we, came back to, um, to, we came back to Timisoara. Yes. And then uh, on the train, we started singing. It was like, I don't know if you remember Simeria. You remember yeah, yeah, Simeria? Yeah. So the train big, comes big there train and they, they, they change. Exactly, yeah, they, they change the... I'll say the, the wagons, the train, uh, uh, yeah, the direction of the train, yeah, the, the yeah. locomotive is going from one end to the other, yeah. and yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, and we, we were stuck in there for like on, on the train, pitch black, you know, for like a couple of hours until the whole thing, you know, was done, and we took, you know, directions towards Timisoara, and then we started singing on the train, you yeah. know, and on the train, as we started singing. We saw somebody walking up and down the, you know, the corridor, you know, like, you know, remember those trains, you know, yeah. like where you have the compartments with like six seats yes. there and then, you know, the corridor. Little hall. Yeah. So we saw somebody walking up and down the hallway, you know. Yes. And uh, obviously you could, you know, we was loud, we were not singing like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, very quietly, softly or anything. So, but we were singing Christian songs, you know, so this yeah. guy, we saw him, you know, like looking at us, you know, like obviously through the through the light, you know, like the, like, but you know, like it was pitch black uh, in, in on the train, train but you could see from the, the from outside. the from the moon, you know, from the street lights, you could see a bit of light coming through, you know, so, but we couldn't distinguish the faces. So this guy comes in the compartment and he tells us, "Hey, um, I can hear you guys are Christians." So he starts telling us his testimony, you know, yeah, and he starts telling us his testimony. He was a guy was like, um, I say yogin, I say in English, you know, so someone was practicing yoga, but he yeah. was like very high, high, up. high up and how he encountered God. And uh, he had such a, he had such a strong like impact on our life. Like, uh, you know, like I say something, but it was a divine appointment as well, but his testimony was so powerful. And um, when he left, he said something, I can see you guys are Christian and you know, like you are, evangelical you do all the right things but one thing you you lack you don't have the baptism of the holy spirit <laughs> i kind of we knew all that you know like you know like you know the big division between yeah, the baptist and, and the baptist and but he said it in such a way you know like and he his testimony was so powerful that i remember like i remember literally not being even able to sleep until i said I, I go home, me and my friend, you know, like we said, that's it, we're going home. 
and we go set, you know, like we're gonna pursue God. Pursue now. God. We're gonna <laughs> search for this thing. If this thing is real, we want, we want it, it. You know, like. Yeah. But uh, you know, like that God had that guy has imparted something in us. Yeah. Such a. It wasn't a struggle to see God. It was such a. How to explain it? It was like a divine strength on us. Yeah. To go and pursue God. And we came home all night, you know, on the trains. And I remember uh, going, going into the rooms with him and praying for like three hours. Yeah. And then, you know, like it wouldn't die off. This thing wouldn't die off, you know. Like for two weeks we were like steroids, I would say, like chasing after God. How would we say that word in, in English? Like um, yeah, just pushing, pushing, pushing for God yeah. kind of a thing. I don't know. I, I don't know how you would. A uh, dedication, a, a pursuing prayer. Yeah, it's like. Crying out. Crying out, but yeah. proper from the heart, you know, know. like, and it, it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't, it wouldn't leave us alone. And the Begging. more, exactly. And the more, the more we would search, the more like we wanted to search, you know, like, but yeah. like I said, it wasn't a struggle. It wasn't yeah. like one of those struggles, you know, like where you really kind of like, how say, okay, I need to read the Bible. Uh, I need to do this. Yeah. I found, I found myself after one week or, you know, one week and a bit, Spending like four to six hours in reading the word and chasing after God, chasing after God. I want this. I want this. You know, this exists. I want. I want to really experience you, God. If you are really uh, real, I know you are. I knew uh, the Bible was, but I never felt anything like tangible or yeah. anything. Yeah, I had the tinglings. I had the crying. You know, when I was like two fools. Yeah, two fools uh, <laughs> sermon or whatever. You know, you have all that. Yeah. Go through the motions. You remember uh, the nights of evangelism during communism. Yeah, well, powerful very nights. powerful nights. Yeah, you know, like you had to be the like presence of God was so. Yeah, exactly. You had to be like stone cold. You know, but it wasn't my time. You know, all these nights I was too young. Nonetheless, yeah. you know. So, ninety uh, six. I was already nineteen. You know. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that night, like two weeks after that encounter, so I really had my encounter with God. I really had my, I'll say, uh, Damascus kind of story, you know, yeah. with Paul. So, like, uh, one night in my room, as I was chasing after God, as I was chasing after God, I had this, I think it was like, I don't know, a vision or a Peter, or Fletiaska, whatever you want to call it. Just found myself, like, in the presence of God, like, up somewhere. I couldn't stop crying. I just, I couldn't stop crying. I thought, what's happening to me? Like I was somewhere high up, mm. you know, like I was like somehow, <coughs> bless me. you. I don't know. I was some, I don't know how to explain it, you know, like almost like an out of body kind of experience. Yeah. I, but I was aware and I was scared at the same time. I said, where am I? What's happening to me here? Like, like I think I'm losing my marbles here, you know, like, like yeah. I was trying to pinch myself, you know, but I, I felt like, weightless type of thing and all of a sudden I found myself in front of the cross you know like so like like somebody would take you like on a I how to explain it I don't even know how to explain it you know like I was like one of those hologram kind of like you know like yeah. where they take you in front of like something an unreal realm type of thing you know so I was like in front of the cross there and I just the weight of the scene felt like so real you know like you know it's like you know even though I, I haven't done a, who knows what, you know, like horrible, but nonetheless, murders. the slightest lie or the slight, you know, the dirtiest thought or like the ungodly word that I spoke, like I felt the weight of that, you know, like, and it felt like I felt like such a, the, the weight of the sin, you know, like I, yeah. I really felt that, you know, and I like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop crying. But it was a cry that I kind of didn't even want to stop. I, I wanted to kind of control it, be able to control, but I couldn't control it. And it was like, uh, it was like such a freedom came over me all of a sudden. I was like, as, as this thing was like developing, as this whole, you know, this whole experience with God was developing in my life, I just, you know, uh, I couldn't, I just, the weight of, the weight of my shoulder was kind of lifted. I, I felt like weightless. And all of a sudden, like, felt like kind of back consciousness, I regained kind of consciousness out of this, like, vision or whatever I had, you know, like, what do you call it, you know? Um, and I just, like, somebody would lay a, a blanket over you. Yeah. That's exactly what I felt. Like, somebody would put a, a blanket over me like this. But I really, literally felt that, you know? Yeah. And the presence of God just invaded me. 
my goodness, I, I felt the joy of the Lord like I've never felt it in my life. It was like something that like, I don't know, my head's in the clouds. <laughs> I, I, I felt God in everything, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't, something, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that kind of left me. Yeah. It was something that followed me for like a year, in, oh. a year. And, and I kind of knew how to feed that, you know, like God is, started revealing himself through mm. the word of God. And I knew how to, I could, I started things to. Things made sense. Exactly. Things made sense. On. And I could hear the voice of God. I started to hear the voice of God. God would come, uh, would kind of tell me, okay, go, the spirit of God would tell me, go to the Parco Central, like, you know, like uh, central this park. central park, you know, in Timisoara. Sort of come forward, you're pushing away from the camera. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all good. So you say, go, go there, you know, like, and speak to people in the park. And like this, man, I was like, wasn't really like ready kind of for that. But I, I, the moment I, as I wasn't doing it, like I wasn't obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit, kind of that joy. I knew like, you know, like if I say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, you kind yeah. of knew. Yeah. I kind of, I started to develop that sense, you know, that, okay, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. I need to be obedient. So God is telling me more and more things, you know, and funny enough, uh, I thought I was doing things for God, but God was actually uh, setting me free from a lot of like, I don't know, this like, you know, like fear of talking to people, like being always like a shy person, you know, you think, oh, you go and talk to, to this person because who knows what you're doing for God, but in actual <laughs> fact, it, it helped me. So the more I was being obedient, the more the joy grew. So yeah. I kind of learned how to be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you know, like, I, I hear God telling me, go there, do that, you know, take money, go there, give here, give that, you know, like, so, or feed someone or, you know, yeah. like things like this. And, oh, my goodness, the, the joy wouldn't leave me. The more you do it, like, wow, you know, like exuberance, like the joy of the Lord was like so addictive. My God, there's nothing so addictive like the joy of the Lord, you know. So that's why sometimes even in worship and everything. Did you, you know, tell your parents? I did. I did. I did tell my parents. My dad comes from a, a Pentecostal kind of background, and he, he, uh, you know, not come, he comes from a Pentecostal background. <laughs> so he knew that he had the same experience himself, you know, like uh, the yeah. baptism of the Holy Spirit. But obviously, it wasn't something that we chased, uh, like knowingly. And the 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 fact is, like for me, it was different, like than going to an optimistarinsa, like prayer night, and you go chase after the Holy Spirit. It was like on my own terms kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Even though I did go, it, even though I did go to certain Terence, uh, like a prayer night said, uh, chasing after the Holy Spirit at Elim, you know? Yeah. Because uh, I wanted, you know, speaking in tongues as well, you know, like after that, you know, like, as a, you know, there was like, that's the sign, that's the sign, even though God has already done this mighty work inside of me, you know, like it says, yeah. your your sons and your daughters will dream, uh, uh, will, will have visions. So that's yeah. exactly what, I kind of had, I had the Joel experience kind of thing, you know, UAL experience, you know, yeah. but not like with the speaking in tongues. And uh, yeah, we, we were, me and my friend, we were both chasing after God. And I remember being at, uh, being at uh, Elim. Uh, and I, uh, downstairs. Downstairs, exactly. And I remember my friend being baptized, you know, like, uh, but he was baptized with the Holy Spirit as well. But I think he got the, the gift of, uh, the tongue uh, gift for speaking in tongues at the time and he was trying to explain to me what happened I don't know we were praying but I felt something was happening to him I didn't know what I didn't open my eyes but I I felt something in my spirit because I was being sensitive to the spirit at the time you know and I um, kind of realized something happened to him and then he started telling me what happened to him you know like yeah. and wow you know I said man I want that as well and kind of the Holy Spirit wanted me to have my own journey with him yeah and was telling me don't worry in, in due time you chase after after these spiritual gifts after this, yeah exactly but chase after me uh, the, the, do not neglect the fellowship with me that god was trying yeah. to develop so i remember so vividly god speaking to me like that and the more i was being obedient the more i was experiencing god and uh, and nothing uh, that's when my life kind of changed so the age of 19, that's why I didn't want to yeah. go past this point. Because this was a massive... That, that was my turning point. Transition. That was my, the turning point in my life. You know? mm. So that's when I started to, like, within three months, I learned how to play guitar. Mm. And I, like, I, until then, I was struggled. I always wanted to learn guitar, kind of, you know, like, whenever... But it was too hard. never had the 
you know, like the perseverance, you know, to do it. But then after that, you know, within three months, I learned how to play guitar. And then I didn't know why, you know, like why I'm learning this guitar. And then I had a drive always to go out there, you know, like it says, like you receive power and the Holy Spirit will come on you, you know, exactly what happened to me. I just wanted to tell everyone, like, just like I said, like going into the Central Park on the streets, on the trains, you know, the Holy Spirit prompted me, go and talk, go and talk, go and talk. And uh, yes, and uh, I, I just approached um, one the pastor in our church and I said, hey, but everybody kind of knew what happened to me, you know, like I wasn't yeah. going to the same, you know, doing the same things that I used to, becoming all of a sudden serious, so, so mature kind of thing. You they know? noticed it. They 100%. You, how, how can you not, you know? And, uh, and then I uh, just I had this drive to do something like, like, I didn't know what, you know, yeah. but just I felt like God wanted me to like go, go and do more, you know, like I didn't know what it was, you know, I, yeah. I still needed to go to school and everybody at school, like it, it, even like dental school. I remember I, I was there with them telling them about God, but even I didn't even have to tell them. They would approach me. Come on, can you tell us about God, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was an amazing time that I had, you know. And I remember uh, going there the first time, and there was one guy that said, man, I hope we're not going to have any of these Christians in here. You know, like, yeah. Because they always want to, like, talk to you about Jesus. It was a very quiet, didn't say a thing, you know. Then he realized I was a Christian. And I took him at my house, you know. We came over for uh, drinks and coffees and whatever. And he was so ashamed of himself, you know. I said, man, sorry, I didn't mean it to you. I said, don't worry, man, nothing to me. You, you probably had a bad uh, encounter with somebody, a Bible-bashing Christian or something, and he didn't, you know, like he didn't, uh, didn't feel God or sense God's presence or whatever. But I said, God, is not like that, you know. So I tried to, you know, witness to him the best way I could. But I had this drive inside of me, you know, for God. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't just don't know what it was. Then uh, we started in, in Shag. Do you remember Shag? Yeah. As you come out of the first village, yeah. town, yeah. yeah. So there was no uh, Baptist church there, you know. But there was one uh, old lady that was, um, uh, gave her life to God, you know, before she, she kind of died. She, um, one of her kids, one of her children, that was in, in, married in Jebel, so we was somehow uh, in, our, in our church. And uh, the daughter was you know, telling her about God and she wanted to give her life to God. And she was living with, uh, with her son in Shag. And uh, yeah, we started going to visit her, you know, like, and then she got baptized and she was the only one there. But then they were like the, the son, uh, her son and his family. And then the daughter of that lady, because she had more the than children. two kids, yeah. more than two, like the one was yeah. in Jebel and the other daughter was still in Shark there with her family. So funny enough, we started a church there. So wow. we started, I didn't know why I needed to, to learn guitar, yes. but we started a church on the, on the street in front of their house, yeah. on the bench, like yeah. on the you know, yeah. how, you know, the little bench, little bench there, yeah. yeah. We started just starting to, you know, preach, preach to them, you know, with the pastor, with Marius Young. Yeah. So we started the church there, like, you know, like humble beginnings, like on the bench, like yeah. singing, you know, like he was preaching the word. I was singing. I was playing my guitar, you know, and uh, all of a sudden this thing grew like into a kid's ministry. All of a sudden kids from the streets started to come, yeah. you know, like all of a sudden someone, someone else that I was, um, I was at, at the high senior, like senior high school with, she had a call for, for God, you know, like to work, to work with kids. She was very good friends with this best friend of mine from, from the state. Uh, now they're now yeah, he's in the States. In the States. Yeah. So with, with Gabriel. So she started coming to, uh, she said, I want to get involved in this ministry. So all of a sudden it grew to like 30, 40 kids. Wow. Like kids, not from like Christian families. Yeah. And, uh, well, so that's how the church in Shag started. So if you go there now, there's a Up church in Shag, and these kids now they have kids of their own, families of their own. And funny enough, one of the the guy that is in charge now of that church, he's doing exactly the same kind of ministry that we started. Did. You know, wow. like with the kids, he started like a, a humble 
you know, like a kind of a club. Yeah. And he's just, um, he's a man of God. He's got passion for God and he's like growing the church, you know, like to full Wonderful. strength, you know. So, how did you come to Australia? So, I was like uh, very good friends with Chris, as you know, my brother in law, Chris. Yeah. Uh, he used to come to Romania back in uh, early 90s. 1992, three. I think you know more than me. Yeah. I can't remember. But I, I remember, I have memories of Chris coming to Romania when I was in high school. Mm hmm. You know, and uh, so we became very good friends. And he still told me about why was he connected to Jebel? Uh, his grandma was uh, not living in Jebel, but she had a brother in Jebel. Okay. And uh, my father-in-law, he grew up in, in Jebel, Jebel for a period. For a period, I'm not very familiar to what period of his life or how much he spent yeah. there. But yeah, he grew up in Jebel, so they. And like I said, in that church, everybody knew everyone. So somehow they were related to some of my relatives from, from the other side yeah. of the family. You know, so I was related to their father. Chris was related through their mother. Yeah. And uh, that's how Chris kind of landed in Jebel. And he absolutely loved that uh, uh, youth group that was there and the vibe that was in Jebel. And he kind of spent a lot of time there. And then um, his grandfather died. Yeah, they were living at the time in Oradia, and the grandmother came to live with her brother in Jebel, and okay. Chris was coming to Often. Uh, yeah to help uh, move relocate to Australia because it was oh. by herself. So that's how I kind of met befriended Chris. Chris. Befriended Chris, and then he told me about Otilia, and we did the old like yeah, and we did the old uh, type of like social media kind of <laughs> I say correspondence, you know, not the what's it, letters and Otilia would call me, you know, because I had no money to go to yeah. Australia. So I think we went for like over a year and a half, two years, you know, like chatting, chatting, yeah, getting yeah, 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 getting to know each other. I think in 90, in 97, she came to Romania. Oh. And like within three months, we were married, uh, uh, you know, married, like engaged. I, yeah, engaged. And then we did sign the the papers. The papers, yeah. yeah. And we really had the wedding when I came here to Australia in 98. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was the journey, you know, like coming to and Australia. And your father-in-law was a pastor here. Yeah, my father-in-law was a pastor in the Baptist, Baptist Church, yes. And right. uh, yeah, it was a very interesting move for me, you know, like out of the, all that buzzing dynamic. experience, dynamic experience. Flatline, I, yeah. <laughs> I came here, oh my goodness. No English. Nothing. No English. Obviously, I finished the dental school there, but I didn't get a chance to work in Romania oh. that much because I only worked for a couple of months there. Then I, you left. Mo I yeah, moved over and uh, I didn't have experience. And it was such a journey to uh, get going to get going in, in your career, in, 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 in my career and also in, uh, in Australia, uh, all of a sudden married, you know, like with no, uh, with no English. Yeah. capabilities whatsoever couldn't speak the language yeah uh, i tried to go to school but we needed money i've never been put, placed in this situation i was trying to question god you know saying, what? yeah money i always had money i always had money no one's money was, came to me <laughs> exactly there was no issue there with money you know like coming you know like so i've never experienced hardship yeah. on that kind of level yeah uh financial like um, as i did when i came here yeah, Otilia wasn't working at the time. She was, uh, you know, I think she was trying to get a job like because she started uni and then she stopped for a while and she was trying to get a job. I was trying to look for work. I just, I knew one thing. I didn't want to do paving. Paving. <laughs> paving. <laughs> paving. You tried it. I think I tried and I wasn't, my, my physique wasn't built for it. I think that those packs were like way too heavy for me, you know. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to stick to, to dental. Uh, as well, yeah. But it took me took me a while, you know. So, so how? What was it? Where was the breakthrough uh, for you in in your career? Well, I uh, for like eight months after coming to Australia, trying to look for work. I I did six months of uh, just work experience. It's amazing how God, you know, like I really relied on God and yeah. how God opened the door for me to be, even be able to go and do some work experience without like money you know like mm -hmm. go to the labs you know different. yeah and just work so you just yeah just so i see, get the confidence and you know back Learn. in back in the 90 in 97 romania was very far behind technologically uh, mm -hmm. technologically 
but yeah. uh, in uh, in uh, you know like now if you go there they're like more advanced <laughs> more advanced you know in many ways you know yeah. they, they being part of European Union they yeah. have all the latest Naturally. but back then I was very far behind and uh, whatever I learned in school won't help too, no, too far behind no, yeah years. didn't help at all behind. Behind. exactly and um, yeah they did recognize my diploma here which is great which was good but everybody was asking me for work uh, did, do you know, I have experience in Australia I said, no work experience I do have but no experience you know and uh, I remember like yes my journey with God just questioning God like I'm like come here I you know like what's happened you're not why are you not opening the door for me you know like starting to talk to God you're like and uh, I felt I think God really wanted me to, to learn a lesson and I thought I was like kind of dead to myself dead to self I, th I thought I did a uh, I, I did obey enough God, you know, like to be humble yeah. enough to do this and that. But I really, God really showed me there was a lot more in my life that needed to be shaped up, you yeah. know. So I I remember after eight months of not being able to find work, uh, just uh, falling on my knees one day, and I said, God, I'm, okay, whatever you don't want me to do this, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Kind of a God sense of humor. Do you really want to do anything? I said, I, I want to do anything. And then I get a job. And my first job was at Lone Star. Do you remember Lone Star? Yeah, the, uh, the bistro. Yes. There, there were a few of them around. Yeah, yeah. The one in Morley was my... Where you threw... Uh, the peanuts shells. on the floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people would dance. So what do I do, get to do there? Wash, dishes. clean the toilets. Wash the dishes. And sweep the car park. Oh. That's it. That was my job. Mm -hmm. I said, man, if I was in Romania, I would not have done the job. Even though I worked on the farm, and I was not ever shy, you know, from yeah. hard labor or whatever. But I would never have done that job. And my parents, I don't think, would have let me do the job, you know. So um, I just done the job for like two weeks, and like I did it like I would do it like onto the Lord, you know, like yeah. whatever you do, do it like you would do it onto God, you know. Yes. So that's exactly what I did for two weeks. And then my father-in-law had his denture broken in pieces or something. So he went to see a dental technician to fix it. Yeah. And I think you knew the kind of man he was. <laughs> you know, like, no, not stingy, just always convincing. So he was after the guy going, I have a son-in-law. He's a dental technician oh. from Romania. Oh, your father-in-law. Yes, exactly, my father-in-law. Oh, he, he's putting a good word for you. So he was trying to like get, get, a job. get me a job and he did. So, <laughs> yeah, so this guy goes, all right. I'll give him a go. I'll give him a go. Tell him to come and see me. By this, by then, like eight months into like doing all this, you know, work experience, I knew I learned a few things. Yes. Which were helpful for him. So that was like kind of my breakthrough. But I had to go through the, the, the washing. <laughs> yeah, through the long start, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not ashamed to say that because it was like, you know, like when you completely surrender to God, whatever you want to do with me, now so for many time. years, uh, you didn't have children, and no, you, you, were, you were like us, wanting and nothing was happening, right? Well, in the beginning, obviously, going through all these struggles, I didn't really, you yeah. know, or didn't want kids, you know, and then when you want them, they don't, they they don't, don't come. come. <laughs> they don't come. But then we had our breakthrough, and we had our promised son, you know, Isaac, he's such a joy. He's absolutely... He's nine now or ten? Uh, eight. Eight. Yes, wow, right. and his yeah. mama's boy, Otilia, is doing such an amazing job with him. Oh, he, he wouldn't let her, you know, like, she cannot do anything without him, like, being always stuck to her. Mom, That's mom, nice. uh, yeah, but he's, he's absolutely a blessing. He's, he's everything, like, I always uh, go to him and I say, hey, you know, like, even if I wanted to ask God for a child, I couldn't always ask for someone more perfect than you. And, like, he goes, I, I always ask him, so why did you come to me? So you can love me, he goes, you know, like, That's oh, beautiful. he me, you know, like he's, he's the joy of my life. You know, now, so your spiritual amazing. journey here in Australia yes. took a massive turn yes, as well. Right. Yes. Um, what, what happened there? How, how did that done? Well, as you know, for like 12 years, I was in, uh, you know, my father-in-law being a pastor there, more that way. Sorry, sorry. There, all right. Sorry. Good. I have a tendency to move with chair because I work on the chair, you know, I'll roll a, a lot, you know, <laughs> from one side to the other, you know, like, <laughs> so this kind of, the chair is stuck to me, so I always move. 
so yeah, like for 12 years I was in the Romanian church, yeah. in the Baptist church, and uh, it was a, an amazing journey. Yeah, you served your life. Yeah, we served, we, we met amazing people there. Um, we had amazing times, if you remember. Yeah. You know, times of worship and praise, whenever it was like the fire of God was there. Nice. Uh, we were enjoying that, you know, like a lot of the time. It was obviously struggles always, you know, uh, different opinions, you know, yeah. uh, about how things should be run and stuff like that. But then after 12 years, we felt like God was calling me out of, you know, to step into the community to, yeah. to kind of, I came to Australia, I needed to kind of simulate the culture. Yeah. I tried doing this when I, when I came to, to Australia in the first couple of years, I did go to a lot of different uh, churches, Australian churches. I think as much as uh, I was like more open-minded, it was still the Australian um, uh, say, uh, church culture was very different than what I was used to. And it was like a clash in my mind. That's, you know it because yeah. you come from, from the same background. So like kind of I put it away, it's not for me type of thing, you know. But yeah. then I really felt God in, I think it was 2010, when God kind of said, okay, you need to trust me on this. So I, I embarked on this journey with God. Yeah. Sometimes things happen for a reason, you know, like uh, even in a church, disagreements or whatever. It's exactly like it happened to uh, the first Christians, you know, like they wouldn't leave Jerusalem. It was too good, too cozy, yeah. too nice. The fellowship yeah. was too good, too great. But sometimes persecution did come for a reason yeah. to, to spread them. So like that was the turning point when I, uh, like in 2010, when we trusted God to step into the, you know, like into the unknown pretty much. Yeah. And uh, like we went to a few different churches, but didn't, we didn't feel God calling us there. So we ended up, I think, you know, with Alex and Carmen, we opened up a church with a brother from Zambia yeah. in Midland. Midland. So we were there for three years and it was a very smooth transition. God has really blessed us with that. You know, you got, needed that. I think you exactly. needed that chapter. So we needed that chapter, but it was like a smooth transition. Yeah. Uh, this pastor from Zambia, very man of God, uh, he, he had like similar church culture as ours, even though like more a bit different, more which open. exactly more open and more like doing church differently. Yeah. You know, it's not the right way. It's just one way. One, you know, yeah. It's not. It's not actually only one way. It's like yeah, people choose whatever the I say the 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 form of worship that best uh, suits, them. suits them or describes them or they can connect with God. So it was. Very interesting. It opened us up a bit, you know, like we yeah. starting underst understanding certain certain things how church, uh, you know, is run, you know. But during this time, what happened, you know, like we always had that. Uh, even though I knew in my in the depth of my heart, I knew I was saved. Yes. You know, there was no doubt inside of me. You know, like I knew without a shadow of a doubt. My encounter with God, that you know, like. Even the spirit, like the word says, even the spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Oh, yeah. I, I had no doubt. Know, doubt. But you know, like uh, coming from that uh, background, it's like always questioning your salvation, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, not what, what must I do Armenian to keep, side keep of saving, it. You have keep to, you saving have to myself. Keep, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and throughout this whole journey, that thing kind of established within me the new covenant, you know. I know when God saves, certainty. with certainty, when God saves, he can accomplish in me what he started. Yeah. It, I know it was not me seeking God. It's pretty much God uh, seeking me. You know? mm -hmm. So I know that whatever he started in me, he will accomplish. So kind of my, some fundamentals were like very well established um, during that period as well. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, then like after three years, but we knew we were uh, even, you know, like with, uh, with Midland, we knew we were there just for a season. A season. We knew from the moment go, we were there yeah. for a season. We didn't know how long this season uh, was going to be. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, we, we had the news about Zeki being born and Otilia said, I want to go to a church that has like, or children's ministry. Children's ministry. You know, I want something more established. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know like them being uh, kids pastors, yeah. you know, they knew the hardships. Yeah. They just being moved from one place to the other, nothing established, just being by themselves. Yeah. The challenges that that can arise from that, you know, just uh, not not ha- not having something established with other kids and just being you and your family. It's she kind of knew that kind of yeah. hardship that can <laughs> you know can arise from that, and uh, she was you know like very very wise in saying, "Let's look for something." You know, and uh, we did go around to different churches. Yeah. By this time, I could accept a lot more. I could I could I could uh, worship easier and I yeah. could connect a lot easier not judge as much not, <laughs> not making a stumbling block out of everything that uh, I laid my eyes on you know yeah. and uh, yeah we came across Kingdom City right. we came across Kingdom City and uh, just felt something different there yeah and uh, it was for a long time that uh, you know like we didn't I didn't want to get involved. I just was my time to kind of absorb. I still remember uh, Alex used to come. We went together at the same church, you know, my friend Alex and yeah. uh, some other, a lot of Romanians going out there yeah. as well. But I remember in the early days when we were there, because we were kind of the first Romanians to that church, you know, uh, and, you know, they were, they have a different way of worshiping, very alive, you know, like, you know, joy of the Lord and enjoy freedom in the house. And we were not taught so, you know, even though like, we had this three years period yeah. or still a lot of things to kind of absorb and simulate. Exactly. And do you remember, you know, just looking at them being so freely, uh, free as I uh, expressing so freely in their, in their worship and just not getting into the yes. actual worship myself and just looking at them and Alex would go, Hey man, it's time you, you pray, man, leave them alone, you know, but he would do the same thing, you know, yeah. like you would, you know, you would look at you see this brother, what a freedom he has, you know, and it was good. And we started slowly, slowly to uh, understand how God uh, works in yeah. different cultures yeah. and assimilate more the Australian way of church, you know, kind of life. And uh, to the point that now it's, that's it. Fully immersed. Fully immersed, you know. And What's um, next? Next. Just want to allow God to lead wherever he wants. Like we're learning to trust God in like in a different way. Now you've got a mantle of ministry on you. Are you in, walking in your assignment or not? Uh, probably at the moment I'm involved in, in a praying ministry. I, always, I think from, from those early days that I just uh, described to you, yes. I think that stuck with me. I always like to pray yeah. and not just for five minutes. Thank you for this food or whatever. I just like to get into it. You know, yeah. like I, I, I think I always had a drive. Even in the Baptist church, we always had a core core of people, you know, like with Jonathan and Georgique and uh, other people, TV and uh, Jonathan and Alex, that we always had like prayer nights, you know, like we always went for it like yeah, two, long. three, yeah, for even Marcel and Jordan. And yeah, yeah, we had always, always chasing after God in that way. And I think... They kind of stuck with me and um, I, the moment I decided, I think after three or four years, I can't remember exactly, I just wanted, I knew God was calling me, okay, enough of like absorbing, it's time to give, yeah, give and get involved. And uh, I was saying, okay, what, what would I, what would I serve? What would I serve here? Because it's everything so different than I, what, what yeah. I was used to, you know, like even, okay, I, I was, was like a worship leader in the, in the Romanian church, but I, I wouldn't be able to worship like play those songs and whatever um, be like that so uh, I just felt in my spirit prayer the moment I said that in my heart the next thing is one one brother that's Louis from the um, Fijian guy that I, I became friends with you know like it was he comes to me uh, he comes to me and says how about you come to the prayer meeting with me I said oh yeah that's it so Perfect. I went in and that's it clicked in, you know, so it was, it was amazing. You found your ministry. Yeah, yeah. So I started that. And uh, just now recently, actually last Sunday was my first Sunday when I started minist- uh, starting in the kids' ministry. I just felt like um, when they were just um, describing the needs of the church and to be a, you know, like take certain roles, you know, like yeah. and certain ministries in church, within the church, they need help. I just felt like the call, uh, call of God to go for, for the kids. 
So I don't know, I said, God, I don't know why I'm doing this, but kind of God has shown me why I have to do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, just had my first Sunday serving with kids, but I do serve in, uh, that's what I like in the, in the prayer group. Now, for now, that's what I'm enjoying with God. I'm enjoying yeah. my journey. I take one day at a time, but I learn to trust God. And uh, I think the more I make myself available to God and he always opens up the door when I say, God, what next? But sometimes I don't even want to say what next, you know, because yeah, like, yeah. you always want to try, you know, work and do this, certain things. Yes, in his timing. Yes. Not ahead of him. Not ahead of him and open to God, whatever he leads. But I've learned to listen to God's voice. Yeah. I learned to listen to, you know, him leading. Yeah. And I want to be more sensitive to that. Yeah. Because uh, it's all not by might and not by power by the Spirit of God. So I know by listening to His voice, I know by being sensitive to His promptings yes. and bringing them into the, into the physical, whatever He downloads in my spirit, by making a mission to bring them. If I allow myself to be a conjure to bring whatever He downloads in my spirit into the physical world, I saw God doing, I saw God do, do miracles, you know, and yes, taking me to a different level. So. Yeah, I enjoy my journey with God. I don't want to, I, I get a, a real kick out of seeing people around me thrive as well and yeah. be, being an encourager. Yeah, I've noticed you know, that. I absolutely thrive on that for some reasons, you know, yeah. like, uh, and I, yeah, I, I, love, I love to see people around me um, being inspiring. And I've seen that, I've seen that over the years, how you've encouraged so many people and build them up and it's like you cheer them on and it just ignite them to step in their calling, which is wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us tonight here at Team Stories from Down Under. And I pray that the story inspires many people and it encourages them. Thank you for watching this wonderful show and for uh, listening to this amazing, amazing story of Johnny Onofre. I pray that this inspires you and propels you to carry on the good fight and uh, pursue God. Pursue God and let him fill you and bring you that blanket of peace that surpasses the understanding Amen. of the natural mind. Amen. Because it's supernatural, our God is supernatural. Trust Amen. in him. If you love this content, please share it with others and also like the show uh, on subscribe on YouTube. Give us five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you're consuming this material. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I am Nathaniel Costilla. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.